What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast, where the trenches enter the spotlight. First and foremost, we just want to apologize for not having an episode up last week um, because of the presidential election and all the craziness that ensued on uh, social media. We thought it'd be best to just kind of you know lay back and stay away from that. Um, you could have took the approach of, well, you know, you can listen to us to get away from the election and all the nonsense, but you know. It, I don't know about Stan, but at least for me, I really wasn't in the mood to, you know, take that approach and thought it'd be better just to take a week off. Um, so we're back today. And just to be clear, this is going to be a weekly show moving forward. Um, barring any other <laughs> craziness that may happen in the world, who knows? Um, but today we got a good show for you guys. Um, we're going to hit on a lot of topics. Uh, we're going to start out by recap, recapping this past week's games. Um, and then we're also going to jump into uh, some MVP discussions. Um, and then we're going to hit on the AFC and NFC playoff picture. NFC, I don't even – who the heck's the favorite nowadays? So many teams are trending up and down every week. Yep. Um, it's hard to get a grip on who the top team is in the NFC. Um, and then we're going to wrap things up by previewing this Thursday night's game between the Colts and Titans, which should finally be a good Thursday night game. It's been forever. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so we're going to go right into last night's game. And I'm going to be honest, Dan, it was 20 to 10 – Jets over the Patriots, and I went to bed. <laughs> um, I kind of <laughs> gave I kind of gave up on the Pats, and I woke up to my surprise. Well, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise because the Jets, you know, they're the Jets this year, um, but they lost. So, what are your thoughts on that game? And um, since you stayed up and watched the whole thing, uh, let's hear your perspective on what went down in that game. Yeah, you know, this was this was a game that kind of followed the script of a lot of other games this year, I feel like, where it's two, frankly, not very good teams, but it turns out to be a sneaky, very entertaining game. Um, you know, we've had a couple of those, I feel like, with the Giants and Eagles and, frankly, a lot of NFC's teams. They've, you know, had some pretty interesting games despite being terrible teams. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just the, the Patriots from the get-go couldn't get anything going. Um, the I, well, I, aside from their very first drive where they scored a touchdown, they struggled yeah. big time um, just to move the ball. Cam really didn't look – he just didn't look confident. Um, although, I can't even say that. He, he started off, you know, I think it was seven for seven, eight for eight. He started off completing a lot of passes, but he wasn't throwing down downfield. Like, they, the announcers, which I can't even remember, who are the Monday night announcers anymore? I can't even remember at this point. It's, 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 the quality of the Monday night has gone downhill so much since it has, at least yeah. we were since when we were younger. But um, for sure, yeah, knows? for sure. That's besides the point. But yeah, anyway, they they were talking a lot about how they could see guys downfield wide open for Cam Newton, where he would kind of look them off and and check it down. He just didn't seem like he was really looking to take any risks, which. Somewhat understandable given how he's been turning over the ball a lot recently, not to mention in, in very um, high leverage situations. You know, he, he fumbled against the Bills there at, in the final drive, losing the game for them. Mm -hmm. um, he's had a couple late game interceptions and whatnot. So I think the Patriots are trying to limit what Cam could actually do in terms of hurting themselves. But regardless, the I mean, the Patriots offense just looked pretty – pretty middling to start the game. And the, and the Jets actually were, you know, cool Joe. Give him credit. That dude was throwing yeah, – he was throwing was down field. He was throwing down field. Brashad Perryman had a couple long catches. Denzel Mims had a couple long catches. You know, the Jets were able to put together some drives, um, which, was, which was kind of interesting to see. 
but at, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, like it's the Jets. They're not going to pull out that win. Like there, there's a reason they're zero and eight. Like they they had every. There is no reason they should have lost that game, and they did. And it's just they're the Jets. They're the Jets with Adam Gase. I'm not surprised they lost, but they had no business losing that game. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you saw it, but their GM, somebody tweeted a picture of him. It looked like he was sleeping. I don't know if he was just looking at his phone <laughs> or not. But it's just last night was one of those games where it's just like it's just hilarious outside of the game with all the other stuff going on with the Jets. And I, I think and, we were talking about this before the show, and I think despite the terrible loss, that actually benefits the Jets. So for sure. they're, in, they're in line for the, the Lawrence track. Um, he's obviously should be at least, you know, a franchise, you know, changer. He's that good. So I, I think it actually will benefit them in the long run, but man, it'd be tough to be a Jets fan right now. Yeah. And you know, this is probably the sixth, seventh week in a row that everyone's asking how the hell does Adam Gay still have a job? Um, it still stands. They, they almost blew the game. Well, I mean, they did blow the game, but but they had the opportunity to really stuff the Patriots. Um, they had a um, a field goal where they had stopped them on, I think it was third and four or something like that. They stopped them, um, and the Patriots decided to kick the ball. This is to to keep it a, a seven point game rather than uh, you know if they scored this at this point the Jets were up by ten. So instead of continuing this drive to potentially bring it within three points. The Jets got to stop, and they forced them to kick a field goal. And then there's 12 men on the field. This is like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know, third and five, 12, 12 men on the field gives them a first down. Like, that yeah. is that – sh- that shit that you see from, like, the worst <laughs> high school teams. You don't yeah. see that. You should not ever see that in the pros. The fact that Adam Gase is still employed, it's, it's really just it, – it's amazing. I think – well, there's a lot of conspiracies that he's so bad that they want to keep him employed just so they, they ensure they keep losing and then get the, the only, first pick. It's the only And then he's gone. Yeah. Um, but moving to Sunday night's game, which was just put my mind in a pretzel in terms of the NFC playoff picture, I was confident that the Bucks were going to go in, win the game handily. AB was going to have a welcome back parade, you know, do really well. And the Saints just – Fully healthy Saints just came back and dominated. Like, and not even dominated, embarrassed um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So, like, what what do you make of this? What do you make of the NFC playoff picture because of that? Like that game. Like, I'm I'm just I was blown away. It was that much of a blowout. Yeah, I mean, it's it is weird because the Bucks seem to be, even though they they had signs of you know not being as complete of a team as we had seen. After they blew out the Packers, I think everyone was really quick to crown them and say, yeah. you know, this is the most complete team. And then they got AB and everyone's like, well, no one's going to stop them. But you saw against the Giants the previous week, like they barely pulled that game out against the Giants. Frankly, I don't think they, I mean, they don't, I don't think they deserved to win that game, but they did. Um, and then, you know, they came out and laid an egg against the Saints. You know, it's, it is, it is weird though. It doesn't make sense because it's like the, the Bucks. You know, the four teams in the NFC, it's, it's I would say the four teams are the, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Saints. I would say those mm. are really the four contenders. You could make an argument for maybe like the Rams. Maybe you make an argument for, you know, I mean, Arizona. It, there's a couple teams in the West that are like middling that you could maybe yeah. say are contenders. But really, it's those four teams. And if you look at the, those four teams – the Bucks blew out the Packers. The Packers beat the Saints handily, 
at 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 New Orleans, and then the Saints blew out the Bucks. Meanwhile, Seattle is getting blown out by Buffalo. They had a loss against Arizona that, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson cost that game for them. You know, it's just it's there isn't a team in the NFC right now that is dominating. You know, I think at at every point in the year there was a different team that was like, oh, this the, you know the Seahawks are the team to beat. Oh, now the Packers are the team to beat. Now it's the Bucks. Now it's the Saints. I really don't know what to make of it. Um, if I had to choose one team, if I had to choose one team that I still do believe in, and this is unbiased, I would say I would choose the Bucks probably. I think they're the most complete team, just because that defense is pretty amazing. In, in a normal week. I don't know what happened against the Saints, but they're usually a very good team, uh, very good defense. And their offense has – I mean, we know their offense can be special. Tom Brady is very on and off at this point in his career. Um, he's hot and cold. But I would say probably the Bucks are the most complete. But after that, I would, I would have to put the Packers – I don't trust the, the Seahawks. That's one of the historically worst defenses, specifically pass defenses in the history of the NFL. So – I don't see how they can, even with Russell Wilson playing his ass off, I don't see how they can get, you know, too far in the playoffs and into, you know, the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I still like the Bucs um, because, like, I, I'm – even though I don't like Tom Brady because he tortured me for my whole life when he was on the Patriots, <laughs> like, I still appreciate him as a player and, like, competitor, and I just refuse to believe that – like he's just gonna all of a sudden be bad. Like, you know, like the Bucks are not gonna go anywhere, in my opinion. Like they're gonna fix whatever needs to be fixed, and I think they're gonna be fine moving forward. It should make for a really fun, you know, playoff race between the NFC. I think, um, but, but Packers, Seahawks, yeah, I would lean towards Packers too, just because the Seahawks defense is just so like. I think one of the biggest things that no one's talking about is well, some people are. I finally saw this weekend because he got exposed by Stefan Diggs. But Jamal Adams just has, has been not like – he has not been worth what they gave up for him. Um, he's honestly better at, like, linebacker right now and getting after the passer than he is for sure. um, in coverage. And, that, and that's a problem because, like, they, they're getting smoked in the secondary. And going into the season, they were getting touted as, like, one of the top secondaries in the league, and they've been horrible. Um, so between their defense and then Russell Wilson just, like – bombing passes and throwing into coverages and ultimately ending up in interceptions. That's why I think I would put the Packers ahead of them just because even though the Packers rush defense has been suspect lately, um, I still like the Packers defense overall. Plus Rogers doesn't put them in bad situations. Like Rogers is smart with the ball, way less interceptions. Russ will throw a ball, a crazy pass and it will kind of screw the defense in a way. And, like, their defense isn't that good where they can get away with that kind of quarterback play. Uh, For sure. So, I agree with that. Yeah, no, with, with, with the Seahawks and Jamal Adams specifically, it's funny that you say, like, you know, obviously he hasn't been worth what he, what he was paid, I think. You know, he's, he's not making those ball-hawking plays that I think you saw with him in, as in, uh, when he was on the Jets. He really is, at this point, a box safety. Yeah. And, frankly, he's their best pass rusher is the sad part. He – you know, what is he, 200 pounds, 210? He's their best pass rusher just as a linebacker. So yeah. that that defense has nothing to speak of. You know, I just think about, think of it, you know, you go to the playoffs, you play the Packers, who their O-line is disgusting. The, no, one, the, no one's been able to get past the Packers O-line, even with guys like David Bakhtiari, 
probably the best left tackle in football, even with him out for three games, no one's getting past them. And so imagine the Seahawks pass rush and that secondary against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Like that's it's game over. Like that's not, I don't care how good Russell Wilson is. He's not going to be able to keep up with that. I don't think. Um, but yeah, that's another thing we're going to talk about later with, um, uh, you know, Russ and, and the Seahawks and, and Russ specifically, but um, yeah, they're, they're, I have problems with the Seahawks. Uh, they're, they're just, I don't think they're complete enough to really be a, a true contender. The Saints, I do think, I do think that they have a chance. They have enough pieces around Breeze to really be a good offense. And their defense hasn't quite been what I think people expected it to be. But obviously, you know, this game against the Bucks, they're starting to show flashes. So maybe they're getting the, the hang of it. But at the end of the day, at this, at this point in Drew Brees' career, I don't trust him either. He can't throw it past 10 yards downfield. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't – I just question – there's so many questions for every team in the NFC. That includes the Packers. That includes the Bucks. That includes – it's everyone. There's no, there's no team in the, in the NFC that you can say very clearly is the best team. So it's, it will be interesting to see that in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the exciting part if you're like a Saints fan is having Michael Thomas back, I think really opened up the offense. One of my biggest qualms with Drew Brees early in the season that like he was his after his like first read, he, he just dumped down to Camara the whole Every time. the whole game. It was it was like annoying to watch almost after a while. And like I understand Camara's an awesome player and whatnot, but like it was so predictable after a while. I think that hurt their offense in some of those earlier games. But now that Mike Thompson's back, it, he, he he was running some of his, you know, slant routes. I don't want to hate on him, but he was getting downfield a little. He was getting downfield further than Kamara ever has, um, and I think that really like opened up their offense. So having him back, it'll be interesting to see them moving forward. Um, but to jump into the other side, the AFC, just to talk about some of the more meaningful games this weekend: Ravens and Colts. I always the Colts. I think they're a sneaky AFC team. I don't think they're a team that's going to make a run by any means, but I also think they're a team where like you can't take lightly on your schedule. They're still a solid team and, you know, veteran quarterback, some, some weapons on offense and a really strong defense. And the Ravens struggled like the Ravens offense. You take away the defensive touchdown. The Ravens offense was honestly still very like average, if not below average, they don't have really many weapons at wide receiver. We'll see what happens with Des Bryant. I'm not buying that yet. Um, their running game, which is why they were so good last year, is just kind of non-existent this year. They're just not running the well. And that goes to our whole entire, you know, existence. Their O-line is – they're hurt. They lost Yonda to retirement. Their top tackle is out for the year. Like, that matters. And they yeah. just haven't been running the ball well at all. And if you're not running the ball well, I think that's why Jackson hasn't been playing as well and throwing as well. Um, so, so, on the AFC side of things, I don't know about the Ravens. They're – their, their offense is very suspect lately. Yeah, no, with that game specifically, you know, it was it was a weird game. The Ravens couldn't get anything going in the first half, and I think largely that is because the Colts – the Colts' front seven is pretty pretty damn nasty. I mean, they got they got some absolute ball – like yeah, really good. Playmakers up there, you know, Darius Leonard. You got DeForest Buckner. You got some yeah. absolute sickos on that team. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised that the, the Ravens struggled. And, you know, like you said with Lamar Jackson, like – he had a great year last year. It's true. He, had, I mean, obviously he was the MVP and deservedly so, but still people know he's not a 
he's not a great passer. He's a good passer. He's not a great passer. He's not an MVP level passer. He's an MVP level player. So when you can mm-hmm. stop him running the ball, which it seems like a lot of teams have been able to somewhat at least keep him in, you know, keep him somewhat contained. That's the way to beat the Ravens is just keep Lamar contained because yeah. I, I don't think anyone's necessarily that scared of him throwing the ball against them. So yeah, but uh, and then just quickly with the Colts, they are a very weird team that I haven't been able to figure out all year. You know, like week one, everyone sort of came out, and I think everyone was really excited for the Colts. Everyone thought that they had a chance to be a really good team, but then they lost immediately to the Jags, and that's the Jags' only win. Like, not <laughs> sure what really what happened there. Then they slowly started to get it together, slowly started to get it together. But even still, like, Phillip Rivers hasn't been an upgrade at all. I'm like – I honestly, him over jo- Jacoby Brissett, I don't, I'm not convinced that that's an upgrade at all. Yeah. Everyone was so convinced b- before the year. And I was like, were you watching Philip Rivers last year with the Chargers? Dude threw, dude threw more picks like in high leverage situations than anyone I've ever seen. So it, it, to me, it's, and then, and then the other thing is that's maybe the best old line in the league. I think, I think they've let allowed the least amount of sacks in the league. Yeah. Great O line. But even still, they haven't been able to run the ball that like as effectively as I think a lot of people expected. Even with Jonathan Taylor in the back in the backfield, which I I was super excited to see him. I saw a lot of him being a you know Big Ten fan. I was excited to see him behind that O line, but he hasn't been as effective I think as many people expected either. So, yeah, the Colts are a weird team. Not really sure what to make of them. Um, yeah. In think, regards, sorry, go ahead. Just to end on the Colts, I think. Long story short, Andrew Locke just screwed them. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. – I, I, I truly believe if he was still on that team with that, de- with that defense and they're, they have good weapons on offense. Like, he really he really just screwed them. Like, if I was a Colts yeah. fan, I'd still be pissed. And if you're listening to Colts fan, you should be pissed. Like, he really yeah. kind of screwed you guys. I totally even forgot about that. Man, that was, yeah, that was only them. like a year and a half ago that that day happened where he said he was retiring. But, man, yeah, I mean, if they – imagine the Colts, if they had a good quarterback. I know. Andrew Luck, they'd be, like, they'd they'd be, be a, a contender. They'd be a pretty goddamn good team. So, that's a good point. That is that is tough. You know, I, I don't blame anyone for stepping away from the game. It's a tough game, and, you know, a lot of, lot of nasty shit can happen. But that is, <laughs> that is a tough one. Definitely a tough one for Colts fans. And then the other – all the other AFC teams kind of played NFC teams. So Titans played the Bears, Chiefs played the Panthers, Steelers played the Cowboys. Um, and I don't, I don't know where to go with those. Um, obviously, Steelers struggled; wasn't great. It's a classic um, Mike Tomlin game. Yeah, Big Ben got banged up. Playing now down on, to his opponent. Now, now they're on the COVID list. So going to the Bengals game, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, Titans, Titans, despite the score, I think they handled the Bears pretty well. I still think they're a very good team. Um, and then the Chiefs, Chiefs, they're winning games, but they're like kind of struggling against some weird teams that they shouldn't be struggling against. I don't like. I, I, they like they don't scare me as much as I thought they'd scare me. Let's just say that. Yeah, my thing with the Chiefs is, I th- and I think you see this with a lot of good teams. You see, you you would see this with the Patriots every you know every year. It seemed like in the middle of the year where they would pull out some games against more inferior opponents. That you know, it's almost like a midseason slump. Like you know, they just get complacent and they're kind of sleepwalking, and they happen to pull out some close wins. Um, I think that's kind of what's happening right now with the Chiefs. I think ultimately they are you know 
to me, it's the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC. I'm not scared of the Ravens in the playoffs. I'm not scared of really Lamar in the in the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry yeah, until you can prove it to me. I'm not scared of you. The Titans, their defense is terrible. Like, they their defense is not good. Say what you want about them against the Bears this last week. It's the Bears. We've already discussed the Bears. So, <laughs> another thing to with me, the Titans too. Same with the Jamal Adams pickup, Javion Clowney. But he, he hasn't shit. done anything. So maybe one of the most overrated guys in the NFL. He's just a big name and he's a freak specimen, but he like hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's one he's he's one of those workout warriors, but when you when you put him out in the field in a uniform, it's yeah, he's a little right. bit of a like, different story, you know? So no, I, I agree. I mean, to me it's I, I I still think if I had to put if I had gun to my head, had to pick a team, it would be the Chiefs. The Steelers are good. I obviously I think they're very complete, but that offense, the, the Chiefs' offense is just so explosive. Like even if they played the the Steelers, I still would be confident in the Steelers in the Chiefs putting up twenty five plus points. Yeah, I would agree too. Even though even though I'm Steelers biased, I, the Chiefs have to be your number one team still. Even even with the Steelers being eight zero, and I think most people have the Chiefs ahead. But there there are a lot of people who have Steelers number one and like. Honestly, like I hate being the number one team. I'd rather fly in a radar. Um, but we, we Steelers, their offensive identity is just weird right now because like the running game isn't really there. Like James Conner hasn't really been effective. And, and even last game against the Cowboys, who's who have a horrible run defense, they he they, he just didn't get he didn't run at all. It was it was it was it was strange game. I don't know if it was a game plan or what, but it was just a weird game all around for Steelers. So. Um, it's, it's hard to know what to make of that. Um, and then the Steelers' defense obviously struggled the past two weeks in terms of run, you know, against the Ravens and the Cowboys. Um, granted, they've had some big injuries up front. Um, Tyson Alulu, he should be back uh, within the next one or two weeks, I've heard. Um, and then Mike Hill has also been hurt, who's a really good, you know, nickel, sa- nickel safety kind of guy. But he basically blitzes every play. Yeah. Um, so I think that should help him out. Uh, but I still, despite injuries and whatnot and whatever, I still would take the Chiefs, even though their defense can be exposed. That's for sure. Um, and then the Bills, like, the Bills are such an interesting team because some weeks they look terrible, and then the other weeks, like last week, they just dominated the Seahawks, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought that would be yeah. a closer game. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That that was an interesting game. Uh I mean, you saw it from the very get-go. I think the Bills scored on their scored a touchdown on the very first, either three or four drives. You know, the Seahawks couldn't stop a nosebleed. It was, yeah. I mean, it was it was just terrible. And and you know, at at that point, it's not like the Seahawks' offense wasn't playing well. I mean, they didn't score in the first half. They had ten in the first, or sorry, they didn't score in the first quarter. They had ten in the first half, but. Again, you know, sometimes, you know, offenses are going to, you know, they're going to have a, a holding, you know, and slow down a drive or they'll have a couple of miscues, a drop, something like that. And that just slows down a drive, stops a drive. And that's the thing about the Seahawks that we are talking about. Like if the Seahawks aren't scoring on almost every drive, they aren't going to be able to keep up with these good offenses because that's how bad their defense is. So, you know, I, I think that's one thing that has to be said. But to me, it also – Russell Wilson needs to take more shit for his bad games. He I feel like no one has talked about the fact that he had four turnovers in this game. He had four turnovers. Like that's unheard of. 
it, like for an MVP caliber quarterback to have four turnovers, it's to me, it, Russ just doesn't in many ways get enough uh, criticism. I feel like, um, you know, everyone talked about before this year, let Russ cook, which I think it's obviously worked for them. You know, they, they're still a, a great team and they have a great record. What are they? Six and two or something like that. So I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them as a team, but I mean, Russ has 28 touchdowns, but he also has eight interceptions and I think three or four fumbles. Like you, you can't just ignore the fact that he's turning the ball over. And when you have a defense, like you do, those turnovers are points. Those turnovers aren't like lost possessions or lost time. Those are points for the other team. So that's, that's a big concern. I think Russ needs to sort of start figuring that out a little bit, stop turning the ball over. But, um, yeah, to me, this really said more about the Seahawks defense being poor than it did about the Bills offense being great. Josh Allen looked good. They they had a very efficient day. But again, I think it's just the Seahawks. The Seahawks defense is so bad. Yeah, and I think before we get into the MVP discussions, because I know we're going to talk about Russ there too, I want to talk about this rookie quarterback class. They Two of them went to head-to-head. Dolphins and Cardinals, Tua and Kyler played. Well, I guess Kyler's not a rookie anymore. But you get my point, the young quarterbacks, this new era yeah. of young quarterbacks, they're really exciting. And and Justin Herbert, throw him in the mix. Mm-hmm. They're like Between those three and then Herbert, not Herbert, uh, Burrow, I, th- I think they'd be like the next generation of like really great guys. Like Honestly, I don't, I've watched all of them so far. And they they all look very good. Like, I'm, I was like shocked because usually, I guess the past few classes or so of like the next quarterback class, there's there's been so many busts. Like you know, like Mariota was supposed to be amazing, and so far like Darnold has kind of like been so, so uh, been like a complete class in my opinion in a long time. And I think like these these this group of guys is is gonna be the next like Manning you know, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Brady type of guys. I think it's really cool. Like, if you saw the game Sunday, Dolphins and Cardinals, it was a shootout. And, like, two and Kyler were just going at it. And it's it's interesting because it's such a different different style of play, too. With, like, Kyler, he might have had 100 rushing yards. I don't know if he had that. Yeah. It was close. But, like, it's just a it's, – it's such a different style of ball between, like, you know, the Bradys and Mannings who just, like, kind of drop back quarterback, pass it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I think – those guys are really exciting and it's like as a fan of the game, it's really cool to see them being like the next generation coming up. Like I, it's kind of been disappointing seeing all these busts happen. It's nice to see different teams like the dolphins finally in that division. They're doing well. They're doing really well. They're in second place. And I love the Cardinals, seeing that. The, you know? the dolphins are going to make the playoffs and I love to see that. Yeah. That's, so it's like, it's exciting to see that happen. I don't know if you have any thoughts or opinions on that, but it's, it's, it's nice to see, even though it's sad seeing like the Rogers and big Ben's and Brady's get old and breezes. It's, it's kind of cool to see like, you know, the league's going to be in, in good shape. And when all those guys leave. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right when you, when you're sort of talking about the, the old regime of quarterbacks versus the new regime, the old regime was like you said, these big guys that sort of are stay in the pocket, you know, not necessarily big in all cases like Drew Brees, but it's sit in the pocket and, and pick apart a defense. That's Brady, that's Manning, that's Brees, you know, 
even, you know, there are, there are yeah. a lot of people that are, were drafted that way in hopes of being like that, you know, maybe like a Blake Bortles or uh, Osweiler, you know, these guys that yeah, right. sort of fit the mold, Joe Flacco, like when he, back in his, you know, better days, big dudes that stand in the pocket, make throws. Nowadays, a lot of people are really following sort of the Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, you know, mobile quarterback, you know, you got Mahomes. I mean, go through all these, all these quarterbacks, these young guys that are showing out now. It's, it's Mahomes, it's, it's Allen, it's Murray, Burrow, Herbert, Tua, like all these guys can move. All these guys can move. All them can get out of the pocket. It's not necessarily being a running quarterback like Lamar, um, who Lamar can also, I mean, I shit on Lamar for his passing, but he's, he can still be a good passer <laughs> at times. Um, but it's guys who, you know, they're not runner. They're not running quarterbacks, but they're mobile quarterbacks. Their ability yeah. to get out of the pocket and make plays off schedule. That that's really important. I think nowadays. So um, no, I agree. I think the league's in a great place. I think it'll be fun to fun to see for the years to come. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's just, they're evolving with the game. Like when you have DNs running four, five, four, six, yeah, four, exactly. fives, like you need a guy who can scramble a little bit. For sure. It's funny. It's funny too. Like, even though like Allen and Mahomes and Jackson, they've only been in the league of what, like two, three, three years. Like I already consider them like older guys and they're, they're, they're young too. So that's, that's a good yeah. point. I forgot all those guys. Exactly. Um, but going into the MVP races, you have, Pat Mahomes, I think, is your number one guy right now. Even though it's not getting talked about as much, he's just so consistently good that I think people just don't even talk about him anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you have Russ, Rogers, and I don't know. I don't know after those three who it would be. Um, but as of right now, I think you have to go Pat Mahomes, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know if you can make an argument for someone else. But that's my pick for MVP right now would have to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if you're making sort of a power ranking right now, you have to have Mahomes one, I think, just because, yeah, again, it's it's one of those sort of, you know, it's almost boring how good he is. Like, it's just yeah, expected it's, it's for him to be things, amazing. Yeah. Like, he, he throws four, t- four TDs, no interceptions, 350, and you're like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, no shit. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know – I think that's sort of similar to what you see with LeBron every year. It's yeah, like, I was just going to say that. Every year he's amazing. It's like, well, yeah, it's LeBron. And then it's like, well, we can't give him the MVP every year. I don't <laughs> think that's how it's going to be in the NFL. And I, I think Mahomes will win. He'll win his fair share over his career for sure. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I would have Mahomes won. And, again, I'm biased, but Rodgers has to be number two in my in my eyes. Mahomes is 25-1 and one TD inter- interception ratio. Uh, and Rogers is 24 to two. So it's like, I, I understand. And, and, you know, I think the chiefs are, are a better team than the Packers right now, but the Packers, if you take away the game against the bucks, he's, I think, I think it's 23 and zero, like without the bucks game in there, he's the, he's probably the best quarterback in the, in the league this year. And you can argue he hasn't played a lot of good defenses, which is true. But I mean, how many good defenses are there in the league this year? Like, it, there aren't that many steel, great defenses. Steel anymore. curtain, baby. It's basically the Steelers. You got the Steelers, the Bears, maybe the Rams. The Patriots defense isn't that great. They just gave a twenty-seven to the Jets. So it's like, I, I think, I think Russ, despite having twenty-eight TDs, I, you know, I kind of laid it out earlier. He turned. He's turning the ball over, dude. Like, 
And, and with that defense, his numbers are somewhat inflated too because he's always having to keep up with the other team. He's always having to throw touchdowns. You know, he had, I think, two, two touchdowns and, you know, 175 yards of garbage time against the Bills because they were down three scores going into the fourth quarter. It's like, you know, I, I, I just think that he, he's turned over the ball too many times and the Seahawks aren't good enough to the point where you can be like, oh, well, he's the best player on the best team. In my eyes, that's what you're kind of seeing with Mahomes right now. He's the best player on the best team. And, I mean, I think everyone kind of agrees he's the best player in the league. But he's the best player on maybe the best team. I would say probably who everyone would have as their number one team in the league. Like, if you were betting on who to win the league, it would be the Chiefs. So, in my eyes, it's Mahomes one. But Rodgers isn't far behind. And I think Rodgers has a chance to take him over. Again, biased, but I'm I, I'm riding with it. I think – We've talked about this before on numerous occasions, but like I think Russ is – he's kind of been unlucky in terms of like the era he's played in because like throughout his whole career, he's always had just like like better guys ahead of him. And it's not like – it's not to take anything away from him. And people are always like, he doesn't get talked about enough and he's so underrated. And it's like – well, like, what do you what do you want us? What do you want the press to do? Like, do you want to just ignore like the Mannings and Brady's and then Mahomes and Roger? Like, like he, yeah, he's great, but like the guys ahead of him are also like kind of better, and you know what I mean. So it's like it's kind of unfortunate for him that he he's with such other great players, but at the same time, like you're saying, play better. Like, don't throw so many, don't just throw so many exactly. interceptions and force balls up and whatnot. So it's like. Like I, on one hand, yeah, I love I love Russ. On one hand, it's like yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah. On the other hand, it's like you know what? Like it's like I can't argue at the same time. Like right now, there's better quarterbacks than you. And back in the day, Brady and Manning's of the world, they were better than you. The Matt Ryan that one random year, he was electric. It's like it's it's tough to yeah. Tough no, to I mean, argue. like I totally agree. You know, I and I I I have I have really said a lot of negative things about Russ, but. At the end of the day, I think salty, it's – Salty Packers fan. Fine. But I don't think it – I at the same time, I still know – I know, you know, I I know that Russ is, you know, a top three, top four quarterback in the league. Right. If you were if you were doing a draft right now, everyone in the league is available. Mahomes is going one. Russ is probably going number two, right? Yeah. right. So, you know, it, I, I understand that he's a great quarterback and he's a great player. He's one of the best in the league. But – you know, this whole thing about him with MVP votes and how he's never gotten an MVP vote, which is crazy. <laughs> if you look at the year, these years, what year are you going to give him the MVP? You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just going back from last year, you got Lamar. He, he was crazy. You had Mahomes the year before that. Brady. Matt Ryan in 2016 was kind of a weird year, but that year, I mean, but he was really good. Russ, Russ wasn't, yeah, he was amazing, and Russ wasn't anywhere in near the MVP discussion in that year. Like that was that was either Ryan Brady or Rogers. So you know you can't give it to him then. Before that, it was Cam Newton on a 15 and one team. Uh, before that, you had Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Like these these are these aren't scrubs winning the MVP. Like. It just sucks that it kind of hasn't all come together all at once for, for uh, Russ. And, you know, I think he still has a great chance this year. It's just right now I don't think he has any business being the leader in the clubhouse in terms of the MVP, uh, MVP race. Yeah, and the Seahawks are just – they're so streaky in general, I think. Even, like, even with their, like their wideouts, like some games 
Metcalf, Metcalf and Lockett or both of them will just go off. And then other games, yeah. like, if they don't hit those long balls, like, they they're, they can be really cold, like, really fast. You know what I mean? Definitely um, some truth to that. Again, and I guess Chris Carson being hurt, I'll give him that. Like, that not having as good a run game as they, they have with him, that probably doesn't help. But, like, I think I think they can be very cold, as like, just as, like, as hot they, as they can be at times. For sure. Um, but moving – Moving on to the Thursday night matchup, we finally have a good game, and I'm actually really excited for this game. You have two teams who are like both very, I think, very good teams, um, and it's an AFC mm-hmm. AFC South matchup: the Titans and Colts. Six and two Titans, five and three Colts. I uh, I'd probably go with the Titans here, just given, given the Colts. You know, I, I'm not very big on Rivers, as we talked about earlier. Um, but nonetheless, it's like I think it's a rivalry game between these two. Um, it should it should be a good matchup. Uh, Colts D that front seven against Henry should be really fun to watch. Um, but I, I, AJ Brown, electric player, he's always really good. Um, he's he's fun to watch. People forget that him and Metcalf are on the same team, which is crazy to think. <laughs> just two just two Wild. freaks in nature. Um, so hopefully tomorrow night that should be that should be a really good game for us to watch. So this game is – this is an interesting game. Uh, right now I'm just looking at the lines. It looks like depending on what you, where you're, you're looking at, it's uh, Tennessee minus one or minus two. So it's, it's almost a pick em. It's in Tennessee. It's, it's uh, in Nashville. Uh, the total is 50-and-a-half or 48-and-a-half, I guess I'm seeing other places. Um, if I had to make a pick, I think I'd pick the Colts. Actually, I don't Ooh. like. I don't like the Titans. I don't trust that team. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. I think he does deserve more respect than I think he's gotten in the past. We've talked about that before on this. I think he some he respect had, on his name. Yeah, I, I we've talked about it before. I think he kind of was was handcuffed by Adam Gase, but the Titans' defense is really bad. The Titans' defense is really bad. So I don't think necessarily that I, I think the Colts ran last week into a, into a good defense with, with uh, Baltimore, a good front seven too. So they weren't able to run the ball, which I think is what the Colts want to do from the get go. The, the Titans defense is, has been very suspect and I don't know why I just have a feeling that I think the Colts can pull this out, but regardless, it should be a really good game. Finally on a Thursday night, I feel like every Thursday night game has been too either two shit teams or one really good team and one shit team. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have two good teams with, you know, actual potential playoff implications finally. Yeah. But, I, think, um, I think that's the point. Like even if it's a bad game, it still kind of means something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the other bad games, it's just like, all right, these, these two teams don't matter. And, and this game doesn't matter. So like, unless you're betting or at fancy, like you're like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I mean, my thing, my thing on this is just I think the Titans are, I think they're just overrated. I think they've they've they they got to what what was it six and zero five and zero to start the year, beating really no good teams other than the Bills, um, and so I, I I still don't think they're necessarily that great of a team. The only the only you know they lost to the Bengals bad, and that game wasn't even particularly close. And then last week they beat the Bears, who, again, Bears are frauds. So I think the Titans are just a little overrated. I think the Colts actually will sneak this one out. Um, it should be fun. 
but it will be fun to see Derrick Henry and uh, Jonathan Taylor out in the field. I'm I'm hoping to see Jonathan Taylor get a little bit get a little bit going. I think my opinion of the Titans, if they don't get if you can't get Derrick Henry going, then like their whole entire their whole entire game plan is screwed because Derrick Henry, if he gets going, that sets up the play action, which Ryan Tannehill is yep. really good at, and like they just they run those routes with you know AJ Brown across the middle. It's just if the, the games they've lost or they've been close, Derrick Henry has had like under 100 rushing yards. So I think that's the key. And I think to your point, I think the Colts like that. It's a good matchup for them. They're they match up. Well. I think they could. Yeah, so I think they could, you know, give a run for their money. I think it should be a good game, hopefully. And before we let you guys go, uh, we just want to bring up quickly something that is very interesting and very close to our hearts that will be uh, premiering on Wednesday, November 11th uh, on NFL Network, I believe. It's an NFL Films uh, special on the trench life. It's just called Trench Life. It's about linemen, D-line, O-line, I think specifically O-line. Um, but just talking about life in the trenches, basically out in the field and, and what it's like. Cause I think, I don't think a lot of people have a true understanding of what it's like. Obviously the listeners here, um, I think, I think we all have an understanding of what it's, what it's like in there and, and how truly intense and how really how impressive a lot of these athletes are, but a lot of people, the, the casual, the average fan doesn't quite understand that. So um, it's nice to see the the uh, the big men getting getting a little bit of shine. Uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I saw this earlier today. Uh, big Duke tweeted it out. Um, if you don't know who that is, you should follow him. He's like an O line mastermind, which is what his brand is literally called, O line masterminds. Um, his handle is Big Duke Fifty. Essentially, who he is, he trains all the up-and-coming college guys and current NFL guys. Um, and his training, his brand is called O-Line Masterminds. Um, and I believe this NFL Films is on that. Now, I don't know because he's kind of been keeping a secret. Um, he's been tweeting stuff out the past few months about, you know, doing different stuff with NFL Films. And I think he's even doing a partnership with Whiskey or something. Um, but he's been keeping it hush hush until today when he tweeted this out. Um, so I think it's I think it's like a documentary or something on that when his camp he runs every every year every summer he gets all the NFL guys in and they all talk and go over their different techniques and whatnot and uh, offensive guys at least. Um, so it's super exciting and I, I think between this and a lot of the different college touchdowns and plays this year it just seems like. Big men are really becoming like more, you know, on the map. They're being put on the map, um, and I think I think certain accounts like you know we are big guys and the lineman issues and Big Duke and Jeff Schwartz. I think I think we're having more of like a social media influence, and I think I think some of the bigger platforms are taking notice. Like even some of the stuff I've tweeted out that's done really well. I'll see like Bleacher Report or somebody pick it up and like they'll tweet the same video. Um, so I think I think more and more people are either enjoying watching pancakes and whatnot, or big guys doing awesome things like big baby playing basketball there at night. Um, so I, I, it's really exciting. It's it's awesome to see that you know linemen are starting to be recognized because you know as we all know you don't win the game unless you're winning the game up front. And uh, personally, I think why we started this podcast is linemen are some of the 
best people on the team, the funniest guys, you know, nicest guys, even though they're the biggest and look the scariest, some of the most genuine people I, I've ever met. Um, so it's, I'm actually really interested in watching this and seeing what they have to say. Um, so it's on tomorrow night, FS1 at 7 p.m. And if you don't have FS1, it's on NFL Network at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time. Um, but I think it's really exciting. And hopefully just the beginning of, you know, getting linemen and big guys on the map. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's uh, it's interesting you bring up guys like Jeff Schwartz, and and I would bring up a guy like uh, Brian Baldinger as well, who he does a little bit of, of everything in, in yeah. terms of, um, you know, Baldy. I think he does a little bit of everything in terms of film, not just O-linemen, but he does a lot of O-line work. You know, he's working – He's I love watching his breakdowns of a nice – His breakdowns you know, are the best. Oh, it's so good. Outside zone. You got some, tra- I mean, he's, he's breaking down power <laughs> with the pulling guards and oh, I just love seeing that kind of stuff. And, and it's, you know, there's kind of two different sectors to it. It's, you know, like you mentioned accounts, like the, we are big guys and lineman issues and those kind of things, which are kind of more playful, fun community for, for, yeah. I think a lot of younger guys and, and more casual fans and, um, which is great. And I, I think that's awesome. It still is, is spreading a, you know, it, it's, I think it's fulfilling a big, a big community out there, but then you also have guys like Jeff Schwartz and, and Baldy who are sort of going, getting more into the X's and O's, the, the, the true nitty gritty of, of that uh, position right. in the game. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see that uh, getting a little bit more shine and I, I can't wait to watch, watch what these guys have to say. Um, you know, I think that the promo was uh, heavy with Lane Johnson, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably just one of the many interviews uh, from the, from this feature. So um, I'm excited to see what a lot of these guys say. Um, it should be fun, uh, especially coming from O-linemen. Uh, I think we're, we're very excited for that. Yeah. And hopefully moving forward with our show, we can start getting some of these you know guys and you can hear them too on a podcast level, more personal level and not like the ESPN NFL network of like formal interviews, but getting to know Lyman as just guys off the field, because I think, you know, that's the real interesting part of the Lyman group and, you know, family. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd love to have uh, guests like that. Um, we, we will have more guests coming forward. Uh, we weren't able to get one for this week, but we'll have, we'll have some for next week and going forward. Um, but uh, hopefully down the road, we'll be able to start getting some real big names um, uh, throughout the NFL and, and throughout the football community. So um, be sure to stay tuned for that. Um, but with that, we want to thank you for uh, listening to this episode of the Big Uglies podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at WeAreBigGuys, as well as at our new Twitter account at the Big Uglies Pod. Also, don't forget to download and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and virtually anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And hit up our merch store on the We Are Big Guys account for all your big man apparel needs. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.